0: Coming up on this episode, the NBA schedule was released earlier this week, so we'll look at some of the key points from a Golden State perspective. Plus, new warrior Dario Saric, he's been representing Croatia at the FIBA pre-Olympic qualifying tournament. That's just finished up with the Croatians defeating Turkey in the final. We'll keep you updated on how Dario has been going ahead of his first season with the Warriors. Yes, welcome back to the Golden State with Mates podcast. little episode here on a Monday morning for me in Australia, Sunday night for those of you in America. And, of course, the NBA schedule was released a couple of days ago in full or almost in full, given that uh, the NBA Cup has left a couple of games up in the air, I guess. So for anyone that hasn't seen the schedule, uh, you can go check it out on bluemanhoop.com. But you'll see there's a gap between the 2nd and 12th of December, which is for the NBA Cup, obviously, which means at this stage only 80 games of the 82 are actually scheduled in place. Of course, with the NBA Cup, if you make the quarterfinals and make the semifinals, then those two games count towards your regular season record. If you don't make the quarterfinals whatsoever, then there'll be two extra games scheduled in between that December 2 and 12 period. If you make the final, of course, that's just an extra 83rd game for the season, and if you are eliminated in the quarterfinal, you'll have obviously that game count plus another one scheduled in that period. So currently, only eighty games are scheduled, with those two up in the air for early next season. So some of the key points here for the Warriors. Now, the first thing that really stands out is a league-leading fifteen back-to-backs yet again, and this is going to be quite an impact on Golden State, specifically next state, next season in 2023. 324 because well this is an aging core now and the loss of Jordan Poole is really going to be hurt here with his ability to play every game last season to be able to play in the absence of Steph Curry or Clay Thompson obviously Clay specifically didn't start playing back to backs until late last season which is more than understandable that is fine Um, and that is a positive I guess going into this season is that you will have Clay Thompson available for most back to backs. Now, obviously, there are going to be second night of back to backs where Clay or Steph or CP or Draymond are resting. Perhaps there's games where all four of them are resting and the Warriors are basically tanking that game. But it is going to be interesting to see how they kind of process this and how they go through the season managing their older players, knowing that, hey, we don't have the kind of safety valve that Jordan Poole was able to provide last season for all. The issues that JP had on the floor, the ability and capacity of him to actually get on the floor and play every single game, average over 20 points a night. And of course, we have to remember last season that the Warriors had a winning record without Stephen Curry, which has been incredibly rare across the course of his career. And I think it was a little bit underrated when we're trying to evaluate Jordan Poole's season last year, which obviously finished disastrously in the playoffs. But I think, as I said, his capacity to play every single game his ability to lead the team without Steph Curry uh, and be the offensive facilitator in that manner, I thought was a pretty underrated and undervalued area of his season. It's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors manage their, backs, their back-to-backs. It starts with the third and fourth games of the season. So obviously they have the blockbuster opening against the Phoenix Suns on October 24, signaling not only the return of Kevin Durant to a crowd chase center for the first time, Hopefully, Uh, and then of course, uh, Chris Paul as well, making his team debut against his uh, former team is going to be a mouthwatering battle between two of the Western Conference powerhouses that will both obviously be in championship um, contention next season or hope to be anyway. And then, of course, uh, there's a few-day break. Then there's a, a game against the Kings on October 27 and then followed by back-to-back uh, in Houston and New Orleans, October 29 and 30. So it's going to be interesting to see if that veteran call play all three of those games within the four-day period. I would like to think so, given it's so early in the season. I'm not sure why you need to be resting at any point of those games, but it will be a wait-and-see throughout the entire season, that is for sure. Talking of the early period of the season and the last um, period of the season as well. So the Warriors road issues last season, obviously well-publicized, 11-30 on the road, only better than three teams in the league, which were all lottery-bound bad teams in the Houston Rockets, the San Antonio Spurs and the Detroit Pistons, who I think were all 8-33. So the Warriors 11-30 record, that is obviously an area that's going to have to be fixed uh, and looked at going into next season, and it's going to be certainly an area for analysis and reaction and probably overreaction early in the season given the Warriors' schedule here. So after that uh, that home game at Chase Centre to, to kick things off against the Phoenix Suns, seven of their next eight will be on the road. So that's obviously seven of their first nine overall. It is going to provide an early litmus test here for the Warriors to see if these road issues were simply... You know, last season's issue and, and don't carry forward or whether there is a more systemic issue here um, and whether or not it's going to inhibit their ability to try and garner a top seed in the Western Conference again uh, this upcoming season. So looking forward to seeing how the Warriors come out of the gate But also how they end, given that uh, nine of their last 12 games are also on the road. So they've got a massive patch uh, between uh, or around Christmas, basically, where they have that Christmas Day game, obviously, against the Nuggets in Denver. But outside of that, before and afterwards, they have 10 of 11 games at Chase between December 19 and January 10. So I guess that the first part of the season is really about creating some momentum re-establishing themselves and actually getting to a point there where they have a solid record, one of the top seeds, top four, five, six seed in the Western Conference. And then hopefully you get to that point where you've got 10 of 11 games at home and you can really go on a run and push things up and try and solidify your playoff spot as early and as quickly into the season as you can because I think that's the biggest thing for Warrior fans and for the organisation itself is the whole of last season was just a back and forth of how hey, is this team going to make the playoffs? Are they going to be inv- um, involved in the playing tournament? Are they going to miss the playoffs? Entirely, and it wasn't until the last few games, you know, probably the last 10 games that became a fact that they were going to at least be involved in the playing tournament. And then it came down to that final game against the Portland Trailblazers where they actually had to solidify their sixth seed in the, stand- in the standings. So I think from a Warrior fan perspective, everyone is going to want to hope that the Warriors can kind of solidify themselves and create a gap between some teams below them. Fairly early, hopefully by the All-Star break, where after that point, it's really about trying to manage players and trying to have full availability and full health come playoff time. Because we know the Warriors struggled with that last season with the likes of Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins. And just the fact, the load that they had to place on some of their veteran players, simply just to get to the playoffs in the first place. Other things of note here, uh, Jordan Poole will make his return to Chase Centre for the first time on December 22, so that's obviously one of two games between the Warriors and Wizards next season. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of environment JP gets. I think there's going to be a lot of love. I do. Like This isn't a guy that chose to leave the franchise. He's someone who signed a four-year commitment to stay with the Warriors. Now, obviously, things change, and the franchise chose to go in a different direction, take a win-now approach with Chris Paul, really prioritised Draymond Green, which we spoke about at length. But I do think that, you know, JP is a much admired, much respected part of uh, the Golden State fraternity kind of thing, even though he's no longer a part of it. For the moment, he'll always be in Warrior Hearts as a, a member and a key member of that 2022 uh, championship team. So looking forward to seeing his return, looking forward to seeing his play for the Wizards uh, in just in general, going into the next season. It should be a really exciting element for Warrior fans to be able to follow and just see how and see how he's going. And, of course, there's going to be constant reaction and analysis on, on that trade uh, as, obviously, Chris Paul makes his debut and, and opens up for the Warriors as well. Uh, other things, the Lakers-Warriors rivalry here, uh, if you want to call it that, more so the Stephen Curry-LeBron James rivalry, which has obviously been in focus over the last decade, basically. We won't actually see it until January 27th, which is the Warriors' 45th game of the season. That is going to be the Warriors and Lakers' first game. They'll then have uh, a further three meetings, so four in total, obviously, as Pacific rivals, over the last 37 games of the season, if my maths is correct. So, that, um, yeah, that's quite incredible, really. And I think a similar thing actually happened last season as well, where the Warriors and Lakers were scheduled. Kind of later in the season. I wonder if that's a kind of NBA thought there that hey, we're just going to leave some of these big matchups for later in the season because everyone knows that once we get post All Star break, apart from games that really matter to playoff contention, a lot of a lot of these games, you know, and the NBA as a whole just gets a little bit weary and a little bit tired uh, as we really look forward to it and, and are anticipating the playoffs that's that's really what we're looking forward to head to at that time of you know that late February early March kind of thing and then obviously 10 games to go or so before the end of the regular season it really starts to ramp up again as we get towards the playoffs and teams are battling for for playoff positioning so that's going to be interesting to see uh the Warriors and Lakers uh, I've got them really on the same kind of level I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm not happy to say, but I think the Lakers are probably uh, worthy of being slightly above the Warriors right now, given that uh, they beat them in the second round of the playoffs. However, I do think that the Warriors will have great claims of being better than the Lakers Next season, and both teams uh, are going into the season with a few issues that they'll need to iron out. That's for sure. Uh, Anything else here? Really, there's not too much more that's relevant. Uh, Victor Wembanyama, like we'll see him for the first time on November 24, which will also double as an NBA Cup game, nationally televised game. Which is another thing as well. Warriors lead the league again with 41. Nationally televised games. That includes NBA TV games. Just showing that Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors are still the NBA's biggest draw card. And when you've got one of the faces of the league like Steph Curry, you are going to want to do everything you can to try and maximise that um, from a financial perspective. So that is what the league has done. Looking forward to the season, obviously. As I said, it kicks off October 24 against the Phoenix Suns. It's, uh, I cannot wait the next. How long have we got here? Two months, basically. Uh, Just over two months. They can't come quick enough, that's for sure. So in terms of international competition this offseason, not a whole lot going on for the Warriors. Obviously, we've got the FIBA World Cup coming up, uh, starting in a few days here, which is really exciting. However... The lone warrior playing representative is going to be Lester Quinones, who's going to be playing alongside Carl anthony Towns for the Dominican Republic. Obviously, other than that, we've got Steve Kerr as the new head coach of Team USA, so that should be interesting to watch, and in, in the kind of warrior style of play and action we might see uh, with Team USA, that's going to be fascinating. But aside from that, Corey Joseph, he pulled out, I think it was a mutual decision between him and Team Canada to pull out. Of uh, their World Cup squad, Andrew Wiggins isn't a part of that. Uh, no playing representatives uh, for Team USA from a Warrior perspective. So, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on here for the FIBA World Cup, apart from Lester Kinonez and Steve Kerr as coach of Team USA. However, however, we have had here the FIBA pre-Olympic qualifying tournaments uh, held in, ter- well, there's been multiple tournaments, but one of these held in Turkey that's involved Croatia and their captain is new warrior Dario Surić, who had a really strong tournament. Now, it must be said, this isn't the absolute elite level of a FIBA competition, given that obviously the best international teams are going to be at the World Cup. However, uh, as I said, some really strong performances from Dario here, culminating in the final uh, that's just been played in Turkey against Turkey, We uh, who have some NBA talent, obviously, Alperin Schengen, um Furkan Korkmaz is there as well, and obviously, Omer Yurtseven, who was a player of interest for the Warriors, potentially on a two-way contract. I think he's signed with Jazz now. So, yeah, they have some NBA talent, and uh, Dario Saric, he put his uh, imprint on this game, that's for sure, 22 points on 9 for 15 shooting. Four of nine from three-point range, added 11 rebounds, two assists, and two steals. It was a plus seven in the victory as well. So they have qualified now for the Olympic qualifying tournament, uh, obviously having to go through this um, pre-tournament in order to get to that point. But the Croatians, they went 5-0 and oh during the tournament, uh, absolutely dominated, which is unsurprising. They've got a lot of NBA talent, obviously, um, headed really by Dario at this point, who just did a little bit of everything throughout the five games. In the semi-final over uh, in the win over Ukraine, he had 18 points on five for nine shooting. Got to the line seven times, went seven for seven. Eight rebounds, three assists, and a steal in that 85 to 70 victory. Uh, and then in his uh, group games as well, I mean, some of the assist numbers were just ridiculous. He had 12 assists in game three. Before that, he had uh, 17 points, three rebounds, four assists, three steals, and a block. Really stuff in the stat sheet there. Uh, In the opening game of the tournament and in the second game against Sweden, he had nine points, four rebounds and seven assists. So really a lot of stuff happening here for Dario Saric and most of it, in fact, all of it really positive. I I do think that uh, he's going to have a really big impact for the Warriors next season. And part of this is to do with kind of his rehabilitation process from that ACL injury that he obviously sustained in the 2021 NBA finals. As we've seen a little bit with, with Clay Thompson, and, and hopefully we, still, we see a little bit more with Clay Thompson going forward, is that there really is a time gap here between coming back from a devastating major injury and then really trying to reach your best form again. And I think obviously Clay is the big one from a Warriors perspective, where over 12 months now since he returned, however, I think there's still got to be some optimism among Warrior fans that Clay can get back to his very best. Uh, next season, and not maybe not his very best, maybe not absolute prime, Clay Thompson, but somewhere uh, between what he was doing pre-injury in that 2019 NBA Finals and obviously what we've seen from him since his return in January 2022. And the same thing can be said for Dario. like He had a solid first season back from that injury um, playing for Phoenix and then obviously got traded to OKC midway through. Solid numbers, um, solid all around. Nothing spectacular though, and that's obviously why the Warriors were able to pick him up on a minimum contract. When otherwise he's just been he's just come off a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar deal, and I'm sure next off season after a year with the Warriors, he'll be looking to get somewhere upwards close to the ten million dollars again. But uh, looking at some of the highlights here, just really impressive all around game. It's gonna be super interesting to see how Steve Kerr implements him into the Warrior Warrior offense because. He should be a seamless fit and I think he will be a seamless fit, but there are various levels of which you can use Dario Saric and obviously for Croatia, when he's one of their better players, he's involved in the offense a lot more, involved in action a lot more uh, than when he's in the NBA and probably where he's going to be with the Warriors next season in more of a... A role playing mode where the offense is certainly not going to surround him whatsoever. You're not going to have him as your, as the hub of your offense. So uh, some of this stuff we do see with Croatia won't necessarily um, you know come into to Warrior basketball and, and NBA basketball. But I do think that the Warriors, the system that they run, the style that Steve Kerr plays with, I think that they may be able to implement him, use his playmaking and his passing a little bit more than how other NBA teams have been able to utilise him in the past, which I think from a a Warrior perspective is really exciting. Some of his stuff, you know, the highlights in that final, um, he really, really um, put his foot down in terms of scoring the ball in this game. Obviously, throughout the tournament, he'd been more looking at a playmaking passing aspect and getting his teammates involved. A couple of early drives in this game against Turkey, um, just being able to get to the rim, um, finish over defenders. And then, obviously, um, for his size to be able to do that, and then have the other part of it where he can get into pick and pop and drill shots from beyond the arc for not, you know nine three point attempts in that final, made four of them. That's a that's a solid percentage over forty percent. So uh, he's going to be a really intriguing piece to this Warrior uh, team next season, and I'm super interested to see how the Warriors can utilise him in more of a a way that you know, the Croatians doing national team basketball than, you know, how some other NBA teams have in the past because he's got a really versatile offensive skill set which, you know, involves being able to put the ball on the floor, being able to find teammates, whether that's, you know, from... Um, Beyond the arc or in the post or, or whatever it is Cutters, um, finding shooters And obviously um, being able to knock down the deep ball himself So super, super interested and excited to watch Dario In uh, the Warrior system here within a couple of months time Obviously training camp only about six weeks away Other than that guys, uh, Lee and I We've done our Western Conference Power Rankings yesterday So I'm going to have that coming out in the next 48 hours um, Get tuned for that we uh, obviously have the Warriors as part of our conversation there. Uh, a little bit of a, a sneak peek, but neither of us had the Warriors in our top three. But we did both have them in our top six. So it just gives you a little bit of an idea there. And if you want to skip ahead, maybe through that episode to our Warrior chat, we'll chuck some clips up on YouTube as well for you. Go subscribe there. Follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. and can follow me at pop Two Five Two. On Twitter, and other than that, guys, uh, as I said, that Western Conference Power Rankings will be out in the next 48 hours.